0: Welcome to another episode of Balling in the Six. Today we're going to be recapping an excellent week for the Raptors, whether it be on or off the court. Of course, three wins on the court were supplemented by acquiring Marc Gasol, but it also meant the departure of three much-loved Raptors players. We're going to be discussing the implications of that, as well as everything else at the trade deadline, and as usual, going through the last three Raptors games. started off with a really routine win over the LA Clippers they were on the second night of a back-to-back and had just played less than 24 hours before in Detroit and of course their coach Doc Rivers complained about this however it was still a very professional performance from Toronto this was without Kyle Lowry who sat out the game with more injury he was to come back later and perform extremely well as we saw However, this game was, no one really went off. It was more of a team performance. We had the highest scorer was Kawhi with just 18. We also had Siakam, Ibaka, DeLon Wright and CJ Miles in double figures as well. And this game was won before half time. We routed them in the second quarter, 42 to 28. Again, we didn't shoot particularly well from the three, but we did shoot a clip from the field. And we held usually quite a prolific Clippers team. To a reasonably low score by their standards, especially players like Tobias Harris, who's of course now at the 6s, we held him to 5 of 18. I was very impressed with the Clippers point guard, Shai Gilgis Alexander, or if I've pronounced that right. However, he, he was the only player that really gave us a lot of trouble, bar of course you'd expect Lou Williams off the bench. But overall, a very professional, quite routine win. And very nice to pick up a win, of course, in what was touted, what is touted, in fact, to be one of Kawhi's possible destinations. It's nice to know we can just go there, dominate and show Kawhi he isn't really missing anything. A few days later, we had to wait a few days, but then we won away in Philadelphia. Lowry, of course, returned. I mean, I think even if he was on crutches, he'd return to play against Philly. He loves playing in his hometown and amidst trade rumours at the time there was a possibility of him being traded to the Grizzlies for Mike Conley, he put up a real performance and him, Kawhi and Co routed a Philadelphia team who were looking formidable and actually in the games since then have been looking like a very good team. However we talked about last podcast, about the Raptors against big teams and not looking brilliant. However, this game, they came right out of the blocks, 40 points in the first quarter, 72 by half-time, and although Philly did step it up, Embiid stepped it up in the fourth quarter, there was really no hope for a 76ers team, which, it's not that they really didn't turn up, of course, I mean, Embiid had 37 and 13, Simmons had 20 and... Butler had 18, it was more that the Raptors outplayed them, whether it be rebounds, whether it be from beyond the arc, or whether it just be general defensive play. Uh, The Raptors actually shot 35% from the three, which is relatively good by Toronto's standards this year, and of course we had bench contributions from Nick Powell, sorry, Norman Powell, with 14 Monroe with 10 and with 4 of the starters in double figures and 3 with at least 20 including of course Kyle Lowry who shot 5 from 9 from behind the arc. It's actually quite interesting because you'll notice there's quite a quick roundup so far. It's very difficult to discuss wins because especially these games where it was very professional performance and we really didn't do too much wrong and I feared that I would have to discuss a loss in this podcast at least when at the start of the game when we went to visit Atlanta. They came out of the box really hot. They outscored us 33-22 to 22 in the first quarter, and by halftime they had 68 points. They were shooting at one point, they shot 11 from 15 from the three. They actually ended up 16 from 35 from the three. But they were balling out, and the Raptors didn't look, they were looking a bit lethargic, and more, more than anything, a little bit complacent. So this game Kawhi was sitting and of course we're going to discuss the trades later but the Raptors are very short handed this game because of course there was no CJ who went, no JV who actually just came back from injury and was set to play this game and of course no DeLon Wright, pretty short handed Uh, and of course no Greg Monroe who went to the Brooklyn Nets for that great player cash considerations who unfortunately couldn't have any minutes today. Uh, and of course Kawhi was rested. So we only had the choice of eight regular players, really. And you know, the eighth man was Patrick McCaw. Ninth man was Jordan Lloyd, who has hardly seen the court this season. However, the comeback in the third quarter wasn't down to any sort of offensive prowess or anything. I think the Raptors played to their normal standard on, certainly on the offensive end, it was that they really locked up on defence. Whatever was said at half-time... Uh, I just have to praise players like Siakam, like Van Vliet, like Danny Green for shutting the prolific Atlanta Hawks down. Now, when you watch Atlanta, and really only watch them because John Collins is quite an integral part of my fantasy team, they're actually a decent side. Of course, they're tanking, but they've got a very good young starting lineup with, you know, players like Trey Young, Huerter, John Collins. And players coming, and veterans coming off the bench, you know, you've got Jeremy Lin, Vin, uh, Vince Carter off the bench. So they haven't got a bad team. But when you do, so you do have to look down on them. And that's exactly what the Raptors did. It was also perhaps the perfect night for career career nights, or career high nights anyway, from Siakam and Van Vliet. They scored 33-30. And, and if you told me a couple of years ago, when they first came into this team, that... Van Cleet and Siakam would be combining for 63 points and really leading a Raptors team to a win away when the Raptors are short-handed, I wouldn't have believed you, but it shows the way they've been developed and stepped up. And overall, this last week has really put a lot of faith in Nick Nurse. I think Masai's decision to trade for Gasol, which we'll discuss a little bit later in the next section, also shows his faith in Nick Nurse. This is down to the fact that the Raptors with Marc Gasol in their side and trading away a few young pieces and picks, they're going for it this year. As we'll see later with the Bucks and the Sixers who also made moves and are going for the finals this year. I think the Raptors are going all in. I think there's a real recognition that as much as we want Kawhi, does have a real possibility of going. There's not, No one's going to put any numbers on the chances of him going, but there is a real possibility. So so the Raptors just, and I believe Masai, is just making a pragmatic move. If three Eastern teams go for the finals, then so be it. The Raptors are in their best possible chance. We've got Lowry, players like Lowry and Ibaka having decent seasons. We've got Kawhi Leonard, of course, one of the top five players in the NBA got a fantastic now strong squad we've just got Gasol so I think there is a real chance of us making the finals as we'll speak about in the next section and I think it's the right decision to make let me know what you think maybe you need think the Raptors still need to build as they were building and trading for the Gasol was the wrong thing of course Delon and JV were good young pieces maybe CJ wasn't having a great season but he's still a shooter off the bench who was slowly coming back into form I personally think it's the right decision that's the view of This podcast editorial. But let me know in the comments. Right. Let's get on to the next section discussing trades all over the NBA and the implications for the league itself. So after a wonderful week for the Raptors, it has been an eventful week in the NBA as a whole with the trade deadline passing. To discuss this, I'm proud to welcome back for the third time Division 2 basketball player Varal. Welcome to the podcast. Oh,
1: see, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I really did not want to be introduced as a Division 2 player. Um, I went to two training sessions for the local university team, and I must say that um, the team is rather underwhelming, which is why I even got a bench spot. So... uh, Potentially, you know, one of those uh, lower tier Division II schools. Uh I- I'll take that, but I'm more about
0: But you're still better than J.R. Smith.
1: Uh yeah, just I need to work my way up in terms of the tattoos, but uh one day, one day I hope I'll get to Jr. standard.
0: Oh, fair enough. Well um let's go straight into looking at all the trades that happened. We're gonna start with maybe the trades that didn't happen and let's look at the Lakers themselves. Um there was one trade that did go through in the end. It wasn't Anthony Davis, but LeBron himself did engineer a trade. Could you tell us Le more GM. about that?
1: Um, see, I, Reggie Bullock. Reggie Bullock. Um, it was a very interesting move on the Pistons' part. Um, I think they've uh, made a massive mistake here. There seems to be a massive emphasis from uh, just like the news media and uh, organisations on just making the playoffs, like getting the seventh or the eighth seed. And I know that will uh, generate like commercial uh, success, like uh, fans are more likely to come to the stadium, they're more likely to buy jerseys. But um, realistically, getting like the seventh or eighth seed in either of those conferences, you're not vying for a championship.
0: But what's the um, difference in terms of lottery position uh, in terms of the next year's draft? You'd much rather be an eighth seed and at least have at least four games in the playoffs rather than you know sink to 10th seed and maybe move up a couple of spots in the draft. Because it doesn't matter that much. But to the fan base, playoffs do matter. So I don't blame any team going for the eighth seed right now.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose it is a entertainment business as well and the fans, but... I I just I think it's an interesting move. Like re- he read you
0: Bill- I mean um the fourth I mean it's interesting to note because um they did pick up a shooter. They picked up Wayne Ellington just before the trade deadline mm. passed. So essentially it's almost a like for like, you know, a three a three point shooting guard, you know, to uh just rack up a couple of trays um every now and again. So I don't think they've they've done that bad business. They got Thon Maker as well. Uh, he's underwhelmed, but he's still a highly rated yeah. center. This is true. Yeah. So I so and really, I mean, I think Detroit are in a little bit of a mess overall. They've they've got such a stacked front court, of course, um, but they're having you know Reggie Jackson, who we've discussed before, running their back court, who's just not good enough to lead the team into the playoffs. Yeah. So, um I, I I don't see it as ter- terrible business, but um we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I, uh, I as do, for the maker um, side. Did the
1: that, they did solve that uh, problem a little bit, so like now now that Boban's no longer there. Um potentially that's gonna free up uh, some space for them as well. But um I guess uh, you know, the, Detroit have been in uh, somewhat of a miserable uh situation for the past like decade or so. Uh, since ever since like two thousand five, two thousand six, when they were real championship contenders, so probably is nice for the fans just to see like a, a like arguably a superstar playing Blake and um, maybe you're right, like making even the first round of the playoffs and losing in six. Um, that's like a big step up for them. So, uh, we'll
0: see I mean, I the think that, that front court could give the Bucks could give the box a Raptors a real go in the first round. To be honest, I just because of the way they thing. match up. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, um, but Lakers, I mean, Le- LeBron picks up another shooter. Of course, we should talk about LeBron did not, in the end, be... He was not united with Anthony Davis. Yeah. And uh, what well, are the implications of that?
1: Well, he, he was united, uh, of course, in the All-Star game. But, uh, yeah, I think... Is, uh, uh, did you see in the uh, recent Pelicans game that uh, they sat Anthony Davis for the whole fourth quarter and he also he was also booed by the fans?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if he's... I mean, they've announced that he's going to be rested for a lot more back-to-backs now and he's not going to play his usual 37 minutes yeah. a game. Yeah. I think they're just trying to keep him in reasonably good shape for, trading, for a trade in the summer now. Mm. So it's, I think it's really pointless on the Pelicans. I mean, we discussed the potential trade last week which was an excellent offer by the Lakers yes, yes. which was I mean uh, Adrian well watch as we call him he reported that the Pelicans didn't even make contact with the Lakers <laughs> yes. in the end exactly they completely completely rebuffed them which was really And I think that's a behalf of the, the Pelicans I think it's just a spite almost spite the Lakers really because yeah, AD yeah. and LeBron obviously have a huge charge for um for the for the playoffs probably yes. get to the Western Conference finals Ooh, with with um, those two
1: but yeah, of course, um, I mean, I think they're... So where are they, where are they getting to now without AD? I, I know, like, the media has been saying that um, they see the Lakers now winning a, um, a first-round playoff series, but um, the thing with the media in terms of the Lakers, like, they if they have, like, a poor game, it's suddenly, oh, they're not making the playoffs, oh, LeBron can't carry the squad, and as soon as they, like, for example, they beat Boston last time, it's like, oh, yeah, Yeah, there is a chance, actually, they could make the Western Conference Finals. I think um, the media is really looking at it... They're very short-sighted when they're they're looking at this... uh, The potential of this Lakers team. But I think this could light a fire under that young core. And I think they realise, you know, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Alonso, that if they do ball out, if they somehow make the Western Conference Finals, potentially LeBron, you know, may consider you know, keeping one or two of them uh, around for when uh, to make like a trade with Anthony Davis, whatever. So uh, we'll see what happens, to be honest. It's very nice.
0: Well, there was a really nice story actually about what Rondo did after their loss to the Pacers, their blowout loss to the Pacers. He got all the young guys um, in, in one room, watched the Christmas Day game again. And then next day, Rondo himself held a practice for the whole team where he encouraged them to go 1-on-1, 2-on-2. And, of course, they come out then and beat Boston. So mm. I think uh, the leadership of Rondo and LeBron will be so important, going at least till the end of this season. Mm. I think Rondo could be really under... He's not only underrated as a player right now, but as a leader as well. Yeah.
1: Um, everyone always says that, you know, when, as soon as Rondo makes playoffs, he suddenly becomes his like top five uh, point guard uh, self again. Um, I think... Obviously, in the past, he was certainly uh, one of the better uh, defenders in the the, the backcourt. And uh, it it does uh, come out in the playoffs. So, maybe if he wasn't so lazy in the regular season, we we could see just uh, the Lakers really making a run at the second or third seed in the conference. And that would hold them, again, in good stead to make those Western Conference finals if they avoid uh, Golden State before the second round or before the final.
0: Yeah. So um. So as you said, there was the All Star Draft that went on. Of course, the NBA has reformed it. Thankfully, so yeah. it's a bit more entertaining now for fans to watch. So Absolutely. um, if I didn't watch it. What went What went down in the All Star Draft?
1: Uh, LeBron, 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 LeBron. Um, this guy, man. I well, for for those of you who have seen it, he essentially picked every potential free agent over uh, this next summer's class and uh, part of me felt really uncomfortable I thought this this level of you know um, tapping indeed that's what Yanis uh, referred to it as it, in almost every other sport this, this gets completely uh, you know just it, it, there's there's no scope for any of this there's no room for this level of tapping for example in football when we see players agents even speak to a player on another team like there's headlines everywhere and it's just it's all very controversial we usually see fines but for, for whatever reason it's just okay in the nba um, so we i'm definitely expecting in that all star game like potentially beforehand or afterwards for LeBron to just be, you know, just having a quick whisper in everyone's ear, just like, oh, so what are you thinking about the off season, Kyrie? Like, would you want to re- reunite with me? Um, but I know it does like generate certainly a buzz, like you said, for the fans, just to be able to see, uh, all this, all this commotion, all this drama. I think it'll be, it'll be really fun.
0: And LeGM Le GM did make a trade, of course, in the All Star Draft. He traded Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. I don't know what you're going to read into that, but it's interesting nonetheless. I mean, it's nice to see also that the players are taking this a little more seriously. They're considering their teams and it's they're, they're playing for pride, if nothing else, and it'll be a yeah. bit more entertaining from um, All-Star Weekend.
1: I, it was funny because I didn't understand their logic because they said, oh, we should have Westbrook and Embiid on the same team since they get on with each other so much, but... Wouldn't it be way more fun if they were on opposite teams so they could, like, rile each other up and, you know, bark at each other? Because that season when Westbrook and KD played in the All Star game um, on the same side, I can't remember, it was like two years ago, uh, following the trade, because they were on the same team, there wasn't that same level of friction. I think it would have been a lot more entertaining, actually, if Embiid and Westbrook were on op- opposing teams because you would have seen a lot more back chat and whatever. But, uh,
0: I'd like to describe as him delivering some really awkward assists. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it was like he took a moment. Okay, I'll fine, I'll pass to an open KD who sinks it. <laughs> right, yeah, such a um, But yeah, that's, such a uh, but, uh, that's all for the All-Star game. Um, I think there was not too much else in the Western Conference. I think what we'll focus on, this is a Raptors podcast, we'll focus on the top of the East right now. Mm. All three teams, all three teams that are currently top of the East all got stronger. Mm, make, uh, make we're going to start with the Sixers who picked up Tobias Harris. Mm. And what do you think the implications of that are? I've got, oh, well, they picked up Tobias Harris. They also got Boban mm. and uh, and Steve Corell or Michael Scott. And uh, they didn't have to give up that much. They have to give up four picks and Muscala, <laughs> Wilson Chandler and Landry Shamet. So, it's fair to say the Sixers won this trade, but how much stronger does this make the Sixers?
1: Um, I I'm not sure if you're joking there, Coop. Like four four picks for Tobias Harris. I... Yeah, but I'm
0: talking. To- I'm, to- I'm talking. I'm talking about the Sixers going for it right now. The Six- Remember their project. Their process is over. They have got Simmons, Embiid, Butler all balling out. Mm. Adding Tobias Harris. What does it do? Does it take them all the way to the finals?
1: Oh, see, Kamel. This. Is a completely, as you said, this is all or nothing. If this season doesn't work out, for example, if they are knocked out in the second round, all of those years of hardship that they had to go through, it all essentially comes to nothing because Jimmy Butler this summer, he'd probably be reevaluating his options. Um, Tobias as well, of course, he's an expiring yeah, contract. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, if with how the Bucks and Raptors have strengthened, like you said, I. If it doesn't work out for them, this could honestly end up in a collapse. Um, if I don't think Simmons and Embiid on their own, if those other two leave, I don't think they're a call that could win a championship, um, even if Ben Simmons finally gets a fucking jump shot. But uh, I don't know. What's, what's your opinion on it? Do you, do you think they have a chance of getting to the finals?
0: Yeah, I think this trade, they've literally... i mean, They've almost got a team equivalent to the Warriors now in terms of that's that's four all-stars or all-star caliber players on one starting lineup Mm. they've got a solid bench coming in of course they've got JJ Redick as the fifth player as a shooter yeah you
1: had 36 points didn't you
0: I think think they're going all for nothing because I think the other two teams have gone all for nothing as well if we look at the Bucks trade the Bucks picked up uh, Nikola Mirotic Mm. for a couple of second round picks and a couple of fringe players Again, that gives the Bucks another shooting option. That's
1: a huge, huge pickup. So that's an absolutely yeah, huge pickup. That's a fantastic trade. Yeah, he's uh, Miritich is easily starting Caliban. I think I I just see him as I see uh, Joe Ingles. He's just a very flexible. Potentially, he's a bit of. He definitely is a liability on the defensive end. But uh, Milwaukee are a tremendous defensive team, so I think they will be able to plug the gap there. The gaps that um. You know, if, if they uh, blew past him, Yanis potentially in this paint or whatever. So, um, yeah, absolutely terrific trade.
0: And of course, the last trade for the team currently sitting second in the East was Mark Gasol. So the Raptors had to give up J. V. Delon, C. J. Miles, and uh, a twenty twenty four second round pick, which we can probably <laughs> discount. So. Again, does this make the Raptors... So again, because all of the teams strengthen, so it's hard to say, but do you think this puts the Raptors over the edge for, to get to the finals? Not, I mean, I think we're both assuming that Golden State will take the trophy again, mm. but getting to get into the actual finals themselves.
1: Yeah, the finals are now the new trophy of the NBA. Um, pretty much, yeah. Uh, could I actually ask you, who are you most Go upset on. to see um, in that trade leaving Toronto? So out of JV, DeLon, etc.?
0: Uh, I'll tell you, I'm happy to see CJ go. Uh, I've been a defender of him, but this season he's been extremely poor. He was brought in as a three-point specialist and just hasn't delivered. Mm -hmm. I think DeLon is more emotional. I think he's a fantastic young player. But, of course, his contract's expiring this summer. We've got Van Vliet. We're keeping Lowry. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, he's too good to be a third-string point guard, however good he is. Mm -hmm. And, and I think JV as well is a mix because JV against a lot of brilliant centers in the NBA, such as Joel Embiid, JV will always dominate the traditional NBA center. Mm. So what makes me a huge fan of him? And of course, when we don't have JV, we we can put Ibaka in the side at the five, who's a more mobile center there. Yeah, exactly. However, he's not, as as I've said, he's more of a traditional center. He's not that suited to the modern NBA. So I think Marc Gasol is a huge upgrade on him, and I think I think this carry I think this carries the Raptors to, uh, straight straight to the finals.
1: From the Grizzly side, do, do you not think this is an absolutely horrible trade? I mean, they should really be looking to strip down and get as many assets as possible. And you,
0: yeah, it was weird they didn't they didn't trade Mike Conley in the end, which oh, they could have got. I, I, so it's I, I don't no know what, they're gonna what do they do doing.
1: I have absolutely no idea what that yeah. vision was. That I think. Even obviously, Jv is getting on as well, and you said, "Yeah, CJ Miles." No, Jv twenty-five. By
0: the way, R- really, he's twenty-five. It's I, as I, as I he's was... been in
1: the NBA forever.
0: It seems like that, but he's he's twenty-five. He's wow. he's an excellent young player. He'll he'll be there for at least another six years wow. or so. At his prime.
1: Okay, I did not. And of course,
0: DeLon's a young player as well. He's around twenty-three, I believe. CJ is the only veteran yep. in that yeah.
1: trade. Okay, so potentially. Okay, maybe not as bad as I thought, but...
0: um, No, but here's another bit of Maasai magic from the Raptors' side. He's pulled it off in the past, whether it's been Kawhi, whether it's been... Maasai is been
1: ruthless. Maasai is absolutely yep. ruthless, and I think that's one exactly the, what you need.
0: Yep, one of the best GMs in the league. So, yeah, those were the three main huge trades. Of course, the Raptors, we'd have to say goodbye to Greg Monroe. We sent them to the Nets along with a pick <laughs> in return for for the famous mm-hmm. player cash considerations mm-hmm. you can, of course you know provide when when you when you're down in the playoffs you always can rely on some cash considerations oh,
1: just you just, okay. just you just you can just wipe your tears really just uh, with those 50s like it's it's therapeutic therapeutic
0: yeah um so we got a question from uh, a a listener i was about to say a viewer a listener who said what is the most significant insignificant trade? So, what trade maybe flew under the radar, but that might prove to be quite important.
1: Oh, um, potentially the most in- insignificant trade It hasn't it hasn't even been reported. Uh, that's what I would argue. Um, do you do you have do you have an opinion on that?
0: Yeah, I think the Markel Fultz trade is quite an interesting one. Okay, I think. Uh, so this was Markel Fultz going to the Magic in return for Jonathan Simmons and a couple of picks. Mm. I think, of course, I was quite... A f- I did watch Markel Fultz uh, in March Madness uh, when he was about to be drafted. Of course, we all heard quite a lot about mm. him and he's had a very unfortunate career so far in the NBA with injuries and everything else. He's, he's a meme. He's a meme, that's fair to say. But I think he can potentially rebuild his career at a rebuilding team like the Magic. At the Sixers, I think there's just too much competition and so there's not enough patience for a player like him. Develop, but Magic, yeah. he can, you know, be given a lot of more space to develop. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um Magic don't particularly have many um outstanding backcourt players. Of course, they've got Gordon, um, bloody Frenchman, I can't remember his name. That... Alfred.
0: No, not Alfred Payton. Oh. Uh... I don't think DJ Augustine. I
1: just... Oh my god, this guy is literally the most underrated player in the league. I think if he wasn't at Orlando, he easily could make the all-star. Um, Evan Fournier. Yes, uh,
0: yes. Tremendous, oh, I think absolutely trying to player. No no, no. raptor killer, Evan Fournier.
1: Mm-hmm. Um interestingly, <laughs> I this is this is actually the perfect answer because I've only just realized like Jonathan this is Jonathan Simmons, aka the Spurs Jonathan Simmons, who got the contract this year all on the magic. I mean he's he was terrific for the Spurs. I, d- I don't know what kind of season he's been having on magic. The magic. No, season. he's
0: been having a good season and now of course he bogs up the Sixers bench even more. Wow. And yeah. as well for the Sixers, the Sixers get a couple of picks. Mm. That of course they gave away six picks in the end I believe this off season. Uh so they get back a couple of them. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah. I think it's the fallacy That's- of
1: sunk Cost isn't it? I mean, they could have just kept holding on to him and kept holding on to him, but really his value would have just diminished. So it's uh, it's very good that they've just um, cut loose now.
0: I think it's one trade that has worked for both teams and the player and the player himself. So yeah, good all round, very wholesome trade. That I one. I think. Look, see how that develops.
1: Yeah. Uh, also, just to answer the question, I'd say uh, two trades the Clippers made. So. Um, clearing up cap space by getting rid of Avery Bradley um, so he was sent towards uh, the Grizzlies and I think they, yes. they got Temple and Green um, of course their Clippers are looking for this off season I think that would probably now give them um, the cap space for two max contracts I believe with
0: we don't, we don't talk about the possibility of Kawhi leaving by the way we know he's staying
1: <laughs> of course Um we just don't... Um, this. Voodoo. It's voodoo. It's definitely voodoo. That topic. Um, yeah, I, th- I think um, they're definitely they're definitely realizing. Look, we want to be as attractive as possible for all those our uh, free agents this summer. So maybe that's another trade that's uh, potentially could be very significant. It all does depend on whether these teams that are making this cap space whether they get these players or not because it's it's such a huge gamble. So we'll see if it works out in the future.
0: Brilliant. Well, I think that is all we have time for on the trade aspect. Vral, will we, we'll be having you back on the podcast. Please update us with your Division <laughs> 2 career and your path to the NBA.
1: Uh, hopefully, I will be able to um, one day uh, score a game. I, I wasn't even invited <laughs> to score the last game, so... As, if, well, as long as I are uh, taking some of the atmosphere on court, I think I'll be very happy.
0: Well, just remember, like Luka Doncic said, Europe is more difficult <laughs> to score than the, NBA, than the NBA itself. So, be proud. Be proud. I, I will. I will. Hopefully, if,
1: uh, one day if I do make the EuroLeague, I will be able to look back on your wise words and and say this was when there was a turning point for me. So,
0: Well... Thank you for coming on the podcast. Appreciate
1: it. And thank you for having me.
0: No worries. See you.
1: Goodbye, viewers. Goodbye.